started. <clears throat> First Samuel 2, verse number 22, the Bible says, Now Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel, and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. He said unto them, Why do you such things? For I hear of all your, of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for these guys being here. Lord, God, we need you to take uh, control of our class right now. God, of the remaining time that we have. Lord, I pray you would please help, help, help each young man that's in the room right now. We thank you for them being here. And God, it's the right place for them to be. But God, we need you to speak directly to the needs and directly to their hearts, Lord. Help them not to be distracted. Help them not to be thinking about other things. But God, I pray you would just focus them in on what you have them here for today. Give them each something that they need that they can use this week, Lord, to live uh, better for you and closer to you. Please give me the right words and thoughts and spirit, God. I pray you'd be lifted up in an unashamed way, Lord, in this class. And God, that you would help us to be challenged. And God, that you would help us to grow closer to you as a result of this. That we'd be more like you, Lord. And please, Lord, help us to hear your voice, Lord. These guys don't need to hear from me, but we all have to hear from you, Lord. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. And we pray you would please just show up in a mighty way. We need you to, Lord. Work in these guys' hearts change them and change all of us to be what you want us to be we love you lord in jesus name amen you guys can be seated appreciate you standing we jumped into this last week the message is called grow on and we'll get into that um or explain that here in just a second but guys this is a time in israel that is not a high time it's not that things are going really well in the kingdom in the nation it's pretty um sad it's pretty shabby it's pretty low as far as the morals of the people in that day. What I mean by that, not a, people, not a lot of people were living right. <clears throat> not a lot of people were living right. And those that tried to, to be honest, they really weren't giving it their all. They really weren't giving it their best. So this was a, um, I don't know if you could say a very dark time, but at least um, it was the, the light was flickering and dwindling down pretty low at this point. I gave you guys a couple of examples last week, if you remember, what were some of the examples of spiritual leaders quote unquote, at that time that were not so great in spiritually leading. Who are some of those examples? Um, one of Samson. Samson. Yeah. We always talk about Samson, right? The muscles and then also his sin, his great sin with Delilah and all that. Those are kind of the two things we focus on. What we skip over sometimes is he was a spiritual leader in the nation, you think. Like he's a spiritual leader, this guy? I mean, we know the story. Every Every um, corner you go around in S Samson's life, he's in trouble again, messing with the wrong woman again, and all this kind of stuff. You're thinking, this is not a spiritual leader, right? But that's how bad it was in that time. What are, do you guys remember any of the other ones brought up? Aiden, again? Um, was Eli? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Eli is the high priest at this current time that we're dealing with in chapter 2. He was decent in some areas, but he was weak. His sons just ran rampant in their wickedness, and he didn't restrain them. He didn't do his job as a father or really as a leader in that nation at that time. And one more example I gave you guys, it talks about the end of Judges, which is the same general time frame. 
Um, every man did that when he's right in his own eyes. Hey, guys, 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 if you want to live for God, look up here, look up here, everybody, look up here. If you want to live for God, you got to do it according to his rules. Uh, almost Tim is kind of relates to this a little bit that we kind of want to make it up as we go. You know, God can hammer on something and say, this is wrong. And we think, well, maybe back then. No, no, don't start playing that game. Listen, if God said it, if God said it's wrong, it's wrong. If God said it's right, it's right. And that doesn't change. God doesn't change and his word doesn't change. Guys, if you want to live the Christian life, then live it according to the book. Live it according to the rules. But if you're trying to make it up as you go, good grief. As Tim talked about, it's going to be chaos in every area of life. And you know what we see in Christianity a lot of times? Chaos. Why? Because every man does that which is right in his own eyes. Oh, I'm saved, Brother Tom. But, I mean, when it comes to this particular area that I don't like you talking about, I'm just going to tune it out. I'm not going to listen because I don't really believe that. Hey, if you can believe God for salvation, then when he bangs on music or girls or friends or whatever, uh, what right do you have to say, I don't believe that's true? It's inconsistent, okay? And we need to be consistent along across the board. This was a time in Israel of low morals. And guys, uh, let me just get a running start here. We read these verses, but let's notice what's going on. I will explain these things as the message goes on, but I want to get this clearly in your mind. Verse 22, it talks about Eli's old, and he heard all that his sons did unto Israel. Like what? How they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Oh, my goodness. Did we just fall off a cliff in that verse or what? This is horrific. This is terrible. I'll give you more details as we go on. He confronts them somewhat. He tries to talk to them about it. They don't listen one bit. But can I tell you, yeah, Eli was old. And maybe he didn't have some of the capabilities that he used to. But guys, he did say, like, sons, what are you doing? You can't do this. But Ethan, he probably could have done a lot more to stand up against it and say, this will not happen. Now, I know he was an old guy and physically he couldn't, he couldn't throw down or whatever anymore. But he could have stood up a little stronger, I believe. And you say, why do you say that? Because God blamed him and said, you let your sons do this. Later on, we won't get into that in this message. But guys... He allowed these things to happen. I mean, they're doing wicked, awful, atrocious things. They're doing it in the house of God. And it's it, it's so bad, guys, that the whole nation, they just, it's become a disgrace. They don't want to go to the tabernacle for anything. They have to bring their sacrifices. That's how they worship God back then and all that kind of stuff. They didn't want to know part of it. Why? Because those people were perverting it so bad. They say, I don't want any part of that. Guys, they were surrounding wickedness. And like we talked about, the, the supposed spirituality of the day was pretty weak. It was pretty lackluster. It was pretty low and subpar. But, guys, in the midst of this bleak picture, you say, why are we dealing with this, Brother Tom? Just to talk about how bad the world is? Not at all. Verse number 26. In the middle of all that, verse 26, and the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. What's the point of this, guys? All around him was wickedness. All around him, even the supposed... Uh, uh, goodness and spirituality and those that were really following God weren't really doing it very well in that day and age. But what happened with Samuel? He grew on. He continued to grow in his Christian life. Guys, that's not talking about physically he was growing up, I don't believe. I think it's talking about spiritually he's growing closer to God, closer to God, closer to God. How do you do that? That's what we're dealing with in this message, grow on. You know what it means, guys, when it says grow on in spite of all that was going on around him? 
in the midst of all these things, the adversity, the difficulty, the wickedness that was surrounding him, the hardship, the struggles. Now, why are we preaching this? Just to clap it up for Samuel all those thousands of years ago? No, because, guys, I think the same thing happens nowadays. Listen, we're trying to do right. We're trying to stand for God. We're trying to make a difference. And can I tell you, we have all these influences around us, all this wickedness around us. And let's be honest, sometimes people that are supposed to be spiritual are not doing the job. They're not doing it like they should. You know what we want to do? We want to give excuses to ourselves. Hey, guys, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes right now, but it may happen. Listen, some people, they say, well, you know, I come here, Brother Tom, I listen to you preach. We go in main church. And yeah, I hear it, but uh, you don't understand. <laughs> I mean, if I had a perfect family like some of these guys in this room, then yeah, I would do right. Guys, can I tell you that's an excuse? I'm not trying to belittle anybody's issues, anybody's struggles today. I'm not. Those things are real, and I understand they are hard. But can I tell you, God can help you overcome these things. You can grow on in the midst of all that. You say, maybe my family hasn't done what they should. God can help you grow on in the midst of that. Believe it. Guys, hear it today. You say, man, well, I go to a tough situation at school. You can grow on in the midst of that. You say, hey, I, I work a secular job, and these guys at my job, they got filthy minds. And I mean, everything that comes up, they turn it into something perverted. They turn it into something into something wicked. They, they, they twist it and, and, and mess with everything that happens. And I hate being there. I get it. I understand. But can I tell you, you can grow on in the midst of that. You don't have to be pulled into it. Guys, you can grow on in the midst of that and continue to live for God. You say, it's hard on me. I get it. But guys, listen, can I just cut to the point? None of those things, none of those uh, uh, reasons or excuses can we throw at God and say, God gives us a pass. Say, Aiden, I understand you have some tough things in your life, so you don't have to try to live for me. It's okay. Can I tell you, I never read that in the Bible. And by the way, can I hit on some of these things? I know great pastors that make a huge difference in this country. And you know what? They grew up with families that their dad left at an early age and their mom fell into depression and had difficulties. And somewhere along the line, I don't even know all the details of all these stories, but maybe a bus captain came by and started picking them up for church and God started working their life. You say, why do you tell these stories? Because I think some guys at West, they discount it. And they say, yeah, yeah, when Brother Tom's preaching so hard, he's just preaching to the guys that have both parents at home. No, I'm preaching to all of us. I, he's just preaching to the Christian school kids. No, preaching to all of us. The Bible's for all of us, guys. All of us. Listen, whether you have a great family situation or not, whether you live in a nice area or you don't, hey, guys, that stuff is meaningless. Hey, guys, if, if, that, if God only saved the, the, the perfect people, the, the pristine people that have no faults, no failures, guys... That wouldn't be any of us because none of us qualifies for that. All of us sin. All of us mess up. All of us fail. All of us fall down all the time. And you may think a family situation is, is perfect. Can I tell you, uh, God has blessed some of the families in this church and we thank him for that. But can I tell you, no family situation is perfect. Yeah. And listen, if there's any good that comes out of it, it's God mm -hmm. that's done it in that family. But guys, we like to excuse ourselves from it. Why well, live in this neighborhood? Therefore, I can't live for God. How about this one? I've had this happen plenty of times in my life. I've had other friends that used to live for God, Anthony, and now they quit. So I guess I have an excuse to. I've heard people say stuff. That's no excuse. Guys, I've had close people to me walk away from God. Can I tell you, that hurts. That's like a knife being shoved in your heart. It hurts. I pray for them to come back. 
I pray for them to get right with the Lord. But guys, just because they quit is no excuse for me to quit. We've had friends quit. Hey, guys, maybe some people have had leaders let them down. That's a hard thing to deal with. Spiritual leaders that have let them down. How about this one? And then we'll get into the message. Well, Ethan, we talked about this a bunch. You know, guys, this day and age, uh, it seems like there's a lack of young men that are really trying to live for God. You know what a lot of guys say? Well, not a lot of guys do it, so I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to step out there. Like the Bible says, uh, help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, right? We look around. There's not enough young guys living for God, so I guess it's just not the thing to do nowadays. Like the Mike was talking about, just got to make money or play sports or be into this, be into the girls, be into the parties, because it seems like no other guys are living for God. Guys, can I tell you, all those things are excuses. Listen, there's no excuse that flies. Guys, when I read the Bible, if you're a saved young man, you will stand before Jesus Christ one-on-one -on -one, one day called the judgment seat of Christ. And Anthony, I never read in the Bible where it says, oh, you came from a rough home situation. Well, it didn't matter. You know, that's an excuse. You get a pass. Next! I don't read that. And again, guys, in no way, in no way, don't take me wrong. I am not trying to diminish anybody's situation or belittle things. But what I am telling you is whatever your situation is, even if it's not ideal, God can help you through it. God can help you through it. Guys, as I said, I've heard of pastors that have come from broken homes. Guys, I've heard of, of people that have gone through difficult situations. As I said, they went through public school and they're living for God today. They've had hard situations around them, but they grew on in the midst of that. Guys, before we get caught up in any of those things and any of those excuses, and maybe I hit on it, maybe I did not. Can I throw one a big question your way to, to, to confront that? Guys, what about God? What about God? Doesn't God have all power? Have you forgotten who he is? Have you forgotten that he has all power, that he has all ability, that he can do anything? George, we believe God created the universe, and he did in six days, right? But then we think, well, yeah, but I come from a difficult home situation, so I guess God can't help me. Have we forgotten who he is? Hello? Have we forgotten? He's the same God that he's always been, and he can help you. It doesn't matter your rough situation. Listen, God can help you through that. God doesn't say, oh, oh I, I can't help that. I can help other issues, but not that one. He can help every single thing we go through. So let's grow on in the midst of it, in spite of all that's going on around us. How do we do that? All right, we'll jump into this, get moving quickly here. How do we do that? Guys, if you want to grow on in the midst of what's going on around you, I don't know what this window is doing, all right? I need to grow on in the midst of that, all right? You got to remember this, first of all, you've had some sacrificial forerunners. What I mean by that is there's some people that have gone before you that have paved the way for you to be here today. Listen, even, even, even if you don't have a godly family, even if they're not um, doing maybe what they should be at this moment in their life, listen, you still have some people that have prepared the way for you. Yeah. Listen, somebody picked you up for church today. Somebody, like we talked about years ago, paid for these buildings to be here and this opportunity to be here for us to show up at church today. And somebody has prayed for you. Somebody's preaching to you today. Somebody's teaching to you. Everybody has been investing into you. Guys, they've done that so that you live for God. Don't forget these things. You've had sacrificial forerunners. Listen, guys, we none of us would be here if not for those that have gone before us and prepared the way. Don't forget about that. We talked about Samuel's life. Why was Samuel even had a chance to live for God? Because of his mom. 
He wouldn't have existed without his mom's prayer. But also, he wouldn't have had a chance to live for God without his mom and her sacrifice for God. She didn't have children. Uh, she struggled with that. It was hard for her. She was being made fun of. She prayed to God, said, God, please provide this for me. If you do, I'll give him back to you. That's exactly what happened. She had Samuel. His name means asked of God. And when God gave her her son Samuel, after she raised him a little bit, she took him to the tabernacle, dropped him off there, and the rest of his life, he lived there with the high priest named Eli. Guys, she gave him back to God. Listen, Samuel wouldn't have had a chance to live for God if not the stand that his mom took years ago. Hey, guys, again, you may not have the perfect home situation, but here's what I'm trying to say. I don't think it was an accident that you showed up at this church one day. I don't think it was an accident that a bus came down your street or a bus captain knocked on your door, or somebody gave you a track, or somebody invited you, or somebody at your school said, hey man, why don't you come for a roundup, or for an Easter, or whatever the occasion was. I don't think that was an accident. I think God had something in mind for you. Guys, you were the answer to a burden. You're, uh, in the past, there were problems. There was pleading to God. God showed up, and then we prayed. Uh, we praised him as a result. Guys, we think all this. By the way, this is a... Um, quick statement, but you know, before every miracle in the Bible, you know what it started out as? A problem. A problem. But sometimes in our lives when we face problems, we're like, oh boy, what am I going to do? And we want to give up. Before there was any miracle in the Bible, there was a problem that preceded it. This lady had this problem. She couldn't have children, but God showed up and gave her Samuel. And she understood that he belonged to God. Hey guys, we belong to God too. Now, that doesn't mean you get dropped off at church and they have to raise you there the rest of your life. That might be a little odd, all right? But it is talking about all of us belong to God. The Bible says you're, uh, you are not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You belong to him. Hey, God, everything you have, it says in your body, that's who you are on, are on the outside, and in your spirit, that's who you are on the inside. I don't know about you. That pretty much sums it up. Who you are on the outside and who you are on the inside. It says, which are God's. Everything you have, he gave it to you. You belong to him. And by the way, guys, before I uh, skip past this, about that answer to a burden thing, let's not get bored now in this generation with the things that the previous generation had to beg God for. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Wes, we have this nice building. We have these classrooms. We have these things. We have a nice church building. We have these things that God gave to us. You know, the previous generations had to beg God for that. They had to beg God for that. Because, George, I can guarantee you, they had struggles, and they had financial difficulties, and they had sicknesses in their family, and they had all the things that we have, too. But you know what? They sacrificed so that we could have this. Hey, guys, let's not get bored with it. Let's not take it for granted. Let's not show up here today, yeah, 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 whatever. You have opportunities that the previous generation did not. Hey, guys, some of you go to Christian school Monday through Friday. Some of your parents didn't have that opportunity. But they sacrificed so that you can have it now. Don't take it for granted. Do not take it for granted. It's the answer to a burden. You belong to God. And we talked about God takes care of those that sacrifice for him. We remember, right? She has Samuel. She drops him off at the tabernacle. And we kind of think... Uh, feel bad for her. We feel sorry for her. Like, man, she got left out. What did God do to, I guess, reimburse her? You guys remember? Five more children. Five more children. The lady that couldn't have any kids. 
God gives her one. She gives him back to God. God says, I'll bless you over and above with five more kids, three sons, two daughters. God blesses those that sacrifice for him, those that put him first. I would say God compensated her well. He reimbursed her. But guys, we got to be aware of what God has done. Hey, guys, Samuel knew where he came from. He remembered where he came from. Let us not forget where we came from. Guys, be thankful that one day God saved your family, that he got them in church, that he got a hold of their hearts. They got serious about God, and now we get to inherit those blessings nowadays. And Ethan, for the most part, we don't work for these things. We just enjoy them since the day we're born. Let's not take them for granted. I beg you. Guys, God, God did all this. He's got a destiny for your life and a divine purpose. He raised you up for such a time as this, the sacrificial foreigners. Do you have that mindset? Do you remember where you came from? Do you remember the struggles, or maybe you've heard about the struggles that your family has had in the past, but they kept living for God, they kept doing right, and they kept putting him first, no matter the odds, no matter the, the, the obstacles in their way, they kept doing right, and here you are today. Here you are today. Guys, have that mindset about you. I think... I think Samuel never lost that. Even though the rest of his life he wasn't at home with his family anymore, I don't know how it was communicated. I really don't. I wish there were details about it. But Wes, somewhere along the line, I think he heard those stories. I think his mom had taught him, and he kept that mindset. Guys, remember where you came from. Where would we be without the Lord? Where would we be? Where would we be if your family didn't come to this church? Where would you be right now? Would you be on your way to heaven? Probably not. Would you be trying to do right? Probably not. We'd be caught up in all the mess of the world, right? Thank God for what he's done for us. Don't lose that mindset. The sacrificial forerunners. Point number two. So how does Samuel grow on? You say, Brother Tom, my family, my family life, my home situation is not very good. Maybe where I work, it's rough. Maybe the school I go to, maybe my neighborhood. Man, it's hard. It's hard around me. How do I grow on in the midst of that? Remember where you came from. Hey, you say, I don't have a godly mom and dad, so who do I look back to? Remember those that pray for you? Yeah. Remember those that pick you up? Remember those that preach to you, that teach to you? Hey, somebody's investing in you. Why? Because they want you to live for God. And even if no human being ever reaches out to you, which is the case of no one in this room, you know who ultimately invested in you? Jesus Christ. He shed his blood on the cross for you, for you, for you. You say, well, I don't have some of the opportunities that other people have. Jesus died on the cross for you. Yeah. Case closed. The sacrificial forerunners. Point number two, you got to separate from filthiness. So, guys, we've talked a, just a touch about Eli's sons. Their names were Hophni and Phinehas. Great names, right? Um, can I tell you, though? Samuel had to kind of be around them. Listen, he kind of had to be around them, but he didn't involve himself in their sin. Do you hear that? How that applies very strongly to many of our situations. Guys, sometimes we have to be around people that are doing wrong and they're outright about it. They're just outspoken about it. So what are we supposed to do? Let's follow the example of Samuel here. He had to be around these guys somewhat, but he didn't involve himself in their sin. Hey, guys, and just because they're in your school, just because they're in your neighborhood, maybe they're even in your home, doesn't mean you have to involve yourself in their sin. Let's stop giving ourselves excuses. He's separated from filthiness. So let's dive in about the sons of Eli here. We're in chapter 2. Look at back at verse number 12. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. That means they were worthless. 
They knew not the Lord. First of all, I want to tell you, they had a devoid relationship. Guys, they did not know God. They did not know God whatsoever. They were unsaved is the terminology we give to it. Hey, guys, can I remind you? And we've had conversations about this. Guys, can I remind you? People may say they go to church. People may say, oh, yeah, I love the Lord. Listen, listen, let me just be straight up about it. And I'm not saying I know everybody's uh, uh, spiritual status, but they can say whatever they want about that. If they're worldly, if they're cussing, if they're talking filthy all the time, if they turn everything into something nasty and perverted, if, if that's the way they live, if they're clicking on junk, if they're listening to wickedness, guys, if that's what their life is all consumed by, listen up to me. They are not saved. I'm not saying I'm God. I'm not saying I'm the Holy Spirit and I can judge that person saved, that person unsaved. That's not who I am. But guys, the Bible says by their fruit, you shall know them. Guys, if someone's life is busting out wickedness, 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 duh, they're not a Christian. Some people say, oh, you can't know that. Guys, if I see a tree out there and it produces apples this year, and then next year, George, produces apples again, I'm not going to say, you know what, bro, I think that's an orange tree. No, it's not. It's very obvious. And guys, the Bible says, listen, if we belong to God, we're going to produce good fruit. And if we don't belong to God, we will not produce good fruit. Again, I'm not saying you watch a guy for three seconds and say, I don't think he's a Christian. He didn't wear a tie today. Okay, calm down. Calm down, buster. You know, chill out a little bit. But guys, if year after year after year after year, you see a way a person lives and it's, man, it's completely contrary to what the Bible says. They're not saved. It says they had, they knew not the Lord. They had a devoid relationship. All right, let's see how bad it gets with these guys. Um, verse number 17, they were defiant in their role. These guys were priests. And we talk about how Samuel is not a good example. Yikes. These guys were priests. Hophni and Phineas. All right. Verse number 17. I'm kind of giving you a summary. I'll explain it. Wherefore, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Guys, what these guys would do when people would bring their sacrifice, right? They'd bring an animal. Um, and what the instructions were from God is that, yes, they would sacrifice that animal. So they would put it on an altar and burn it up. Before they would do that, though, guys, a certain portion of that meat would go to the priest for their food, okay? And it explains it here. I'm not going to dive deep in this just so I can keep moving with time. But guys, what they were supposed to do, they were supposed to boil it. They were supposed to take a, a certain instrument, whatever meat they could take off the animal, that belonged to the priest and certain parts of the animal. Can I tell you, these guys threw that out the window. There were certain instructions. They threw that out the window. They said, I don't care about that. People would show up to the tabernacle with their animal sacrifice. And the priests say, I want all of that right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't do that. We have to boil it first. You have to have this particular way you go about it, procedure, and pull out the meat. They say, I don't, I don't want that. I want the whole thing raw right now. Give it to me. And it says, it says, uh, where is it? Where is it? Verse... 16, if any man said unto them, let me not fail to burn the fat presently, that was something they were supposed to do, then take as much as thy soul desireth. This is what the priest would say back to these people that would bring their sacrifice. Then would he answer them, nay, but thou shalt give it me now, and if not, I will take it by force. Uh, what? These are priests in the Old Testament, guys. They're like, bring your sacrifice, yes, let's worship the Lord. I want all that meat right now. And if they said no, the Bible says nay, 
That means no. All right. If they said no to him, they said, I will take it by force. They said, you want to throw down the priest? I mean, excuse me, guys, this is completely in the face of what God wanted them to be. They're mistreating people. This is ridiculous. It's amazing. God doesn't blow them up on the scene, right? God will judge them later, but he's being merciful to them at this point. Hey guys, we already dealt with it. Verse number 22 guys. They're having immorality with women that show up to the temple, to the, to the tabernacle. Are you kidding me? Guys, this is repulsive. This is terrible. This is grimy what these guys are doing. Are you serious? This is how they're living. Their dad gets on them, verses 23 through 25. He's saying, guys, you can't do this. This is bad stuff that I hear about you. You're messing with God. God's going to come down hard on you. The end of verse 25. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto the voice of their father because the Lord would slay them. Hey, guys, they didn't listen to any word that their dad told them when he tried to correct them. You know why? Because eventually God says, I'm going to have to deal with this. And I'm going to have to deal with it hard. Hey, guys, when you keep blowing off, listen, when you keep blowing off lessons and rebuke and say, I don't need that. I don't care what they say. I don't care how they preach it or how hard they preach it. Get out. I don't need all that. I'm going to do my own thing. You're setting yourself up for an appointment with God's judgment. I wouldn't suggest that you continue on that route. How do you get away from that? Repent and start listening to what the Bible says and applying it to your life. Guys, hey, you know what? We all have people around us that they don't seem to care about God, man. Right? You guys awake today? They don't seem to care about God. They just do their own thing, and it doesn't matter what God says in their minds. Can I tell you? Just watch them a while. See where it leads. See where it leads. Guys, these guys are sons of the high priest. Samuel is growing up in the tabernacle with the high priest. Do you think Samuel knew about some of the stuff that was going on around there? I think so. I think so. But you know what? He had zero part of it himself. Hey, guys, some of that stuff's around us. As I said, Ethan, you can't show up to your job, and as soon as they start uh, talking dirty, you know, you pause the whole work shift, and everybody stop! You can't do all that. You are fired. You are fired. They'll be like, who do you think you are? You're fired. You can go home right now. You'll be like, really? I'm off? No, you're off for good. <laughs> Never come back. You can't, right? We can't do anything about it, right? We can't. God, blow up the chicken maker. No, <laughs> that's not going to happen right now. Guys, you know what? We just have to continue doing right. And some of that stuff goes on and it persists around us. Can I tell you, though? It's going to go down eventually. God will deal with it eventually. Don't you worry about that. He never lets those things get past, slide, slide by. And guys, can I tell you, in your own personal life, if you come to Christian school, if you have a godly family, hey guys, we try to prevent as much wickedness as we can from around you. We try to shelter it and, and try to protect you from those things. And that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Okay? Hey guys, time out. If you haven't heard it, every filthy word, and if you haven't seen all the scenes on the movie of, of the guy and girl committing immorality, on, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. If you have not seen those things, good. You don't have to. Listen, guys, that's one of, the, one of the lies of the devil and one of the lies of our filthy world nowadays. Well, you just got to know all this stuff by the time you're 14, 15, 16. That's stupidity. That's stupidity. I don't care how old you are. Sin is sin. And it doesn't make it right when a guy's 25 or 30. 
But if we protect you all we can, guys, if you're in a Christian school, we try to protect you all we can. We try to keep the filthiness out as much as possible. You have a godly family. They try to protect you all they can. But can I tell you, you're going to have to make a personal choice. When you go to your job one day, you can't have your mom and dad say, he's fired, he's fired. If my son's going to work there, then they can't work. That's not going to work. That cannot happen. Guys, you can't say, you know, if anyone ever cusses on my job, then I, I will quit on the spot. Well, you ain't going to have a job ever, you know, because it's everywhere. It's everywhere. What are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Stay quiet, stay in the corner. What are we supposed to do? Throw up our hands, say, God, you understand 2023 is so wicked, God. I just can't. I, I would really like to, God. I'd really like to live for you. But God, you just see, right? You see. There's no way I can stand for you. That doesn't fly. That doesn't fly. He's separated from filthiness. You have to make the personal choice. Listen, nobody can keep all wicked influences from, from uh, away from you. But you know what? You're going to have to make a personal choice. George, I'm going to stay away from that. Hey, when I show up to my job, I can't have pastor guarding every influence that comes into my life. I can't have my parents show up and guard every evil uh, thing that may seep its way into my life. I can't do that. But you know what? I got to make a personal choice to say, no, I'm not going to follow that. Yeah. I'm going to stay away from that. I'm going to have some character, some integrity. I'm going to try my best to be a man of God. Hey guys, are you going to make that personal choice? Because if you don't, you'll go with the flow. You know what the flow, uh, the direction the flow goes away from God, not to God. This Christian life, guys, this Christian life is not a game. It's not a joke. It's not something we just do and play around with it. This is serious business. And this is something every day that you have to work at and be devoted to. The sacrificial forerunners, he's separated from filthiness. Hey, guys, are you going to do that? Hey, guys, I get it. There's, in some of your schools, public schools, there's filthiness. It's everywhere. But are you going to stay away from it? Or are you just going to throw an excuse and, well, I mean, every guy in my, I mean, George, every guy in my school talks about this, so no, 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 no. That doesn't fly. Yeah. That does not fly with God. Hey, guys, are you going to be a Christian or are you just going to get along with the crowd? Are you going to be close to God or are you just going to do what everybody else does? Because you can't do both. I'm not trying to be harsh and slap you around today, but what's it going to be? Hey, guys, God will help you, but you got to make the decision and say, God, I'm putting you first. Well, I mean, every guy in my school, when the girl walks by, I mean, bro, come on. No, 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 no. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Are you going to separate from foolishness? Samuel had all this wickedness around him, but he said, you know what? I'm not going to get involved in any of that. Thank God for that. We need more of that nowadays. Point number three, he had a supreme focus. All right, let's, we talked about Eli's sons. Now let's really dive in on Samuel. So what made this work for him? He remembered where he came from, yeah. And he separated from the filthiness. He had no part of the evil that these sons of Eli did. Verse number 11. 1 Samuel 2, verse number 11. Let's talk about Samuel. All right, Elkanah, that's his dad, went to Ramah to his house, and the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. All right, so he ministered to the Lord. Verse number 18. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with a linen ephod. Verse number 21. We dealt with this before. The Lord visited Hannah, so she conceived, bear three sons, two daughters. Check out the last part, though. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. And then verse 26, the child Samuel grew on, was in favor with both with the Lord and also with men. Hey, guys, I know it's talking about Samuel in each one of those verses. Do you know what else is also uh, contained in each one of those verses every time you go through it? 
it says unto the Lord, before the Lord. What does that tell you? He had a close walk with God. Hey, guys, there was filthiness around him. I mean, these guys say they're priests. They're jacking people off. They're ripping people off. They're doing all kinds of wicked sexual acts at the temple. Are you kidding me? This is filthy. should never happen. Samuel was aware of these things. They were around him, but he says, you know what? I will not take part in any of this. I'm going to stay separate. I'm going to stay right with God. And he had a supreme focus. You know what his supreme focus was? I'm going to live for the Lord day in and day out. I want God to be pleased. I want him to be honored. I want him to be lifted up. I want him to be pleased with what I say and where I go and how I treat people and even the way I dress and every part of my life. God, I want you to be pleased. The Bible says whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Your whole life should glorify God. Now, George, do I practice that uh, 24-7 every second of every day? I don't, man. I fall really short of that. But you know what? That should be our effort. That should be what we're striving and aiming for every day. The supreme focus. Hey, guys, is that your focus? Samuel ministered to the Lord. He was, he was growing before the Lord. He, he was growing on and was in favor with the Lord. His supreme focus was God. Guys, he was in, he, he focused on God's presence constantly. You know, Aiden, he didn't care about, man, uh, if I say this, will the girls laugh and will they be impressed by this? I don't think Samuel cared about that. He thought, will God be pleased with it, with what I say? Psalm 19:14. let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. That's what it's about, guys. Hey, guys, with the words that come out of your mouth, who do you say them for? Ethan, if I say this, I know it's kind of edgy. But if I say this, all my friends are going to laugh. Does it please God? That needs to be our focus. He was in God's presence constantly unto the Lord, before the Lord. Guys, is that the way you live your life? You can do that at your job. You can do that at school. That needs to be your focus. He had a pleasing concentration. He wanted God to be pleased with his life. Um just so you guys don't fall asleep. I get it. It's warm in here, but work with me here, all right? We're almost done. Um, can everybody turn to Proverbs 13? We're coming right back here. Ethan, I'm going to have you read, or Proverbs 23. I don't know if I said that correctly. Proverbs 23. Yeah, Proverbs chapter 23. It's a great verse. If you're wondering about this, say, how do I do this? Um, I struggle with this. You know, I care about what people think of me, but how do I work at this? Proverbs 23. All right, everybody there? Ethan, can you read 23.17? Proverbs 23.17. Let not thy heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Good job. Thank you. What does that mean? What does that mean? Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Ethan. Don't be jealous for um, the people of the world and, I guess, their freedom, quote-unquote. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything else you guys see out of that verse? That's a great verse. It'd be good for you to memorize. Um, kind of like you just said, you know, um, what's it? Um, it's kind of like you know, discouraging when you see the when you see like the whole world not doing right. And you uh, know, I, I was telling Aiden this um, uh, on Friday because like because uh, like every day we would have like a verse in our devotions, right? Good. We, we kind of challenge ourselves to do that. Good. And I, and I was and I, I um I was like I think I was telling him like in chapter yeah twenty five the verse there and I was telling him you know like you know like the world is very evil obviously right mm -hmm. and you know it's very discouraging I mean very like I, I can see how I see how like how crazy that very discouraging seeing you know like you know like you're at work or you're at school and the whole world is evil 
and and evil, but you but you know but you know what but you know what we just gotta stay faithful and we gotta real we gotta realize that uh, we gotta realize what God has done yeah. has done for us and we just gotta stay faithful and 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 trust and trust me when the people who are doing evil they they will get their you know they will get I won't say punishment but they will get the consequences yeah uh, you know like don't like, don't get me wrong God and God will and God will reward you He says in Bible God will reward you mm-hmm. for uh, for uh, for you doing right yeah so so again I I can see it again just don't get discouraged stay faithful you know just you know, you, you know, just follow him, and and, and, and you know what, God got the real prize, and, and not and not the world. Good, yeah. What you got? Um, just something short. Um, it kind of takes me back to the verse. I can't remember the reference to it, but I remember the verse. Uh, sins and pleasure for sins. Yep, yep. And, you know, that, that, that takes me back because, you know, when it says don't have any sinners, you know, like, don't. Don't be, don't be thinking about the positive side when they have their little freedom and their little time. Yes. It's only a matter of time before God takes them. Clock's ticking. Yep, good. Um, uh, the last part, but uh, being uh, beat out uh, in the fear of the Lord all the way along. When you're in the fear of the Lord, then you won't want to be doing the first part. You won't want to um, have your heart and be sinners, which is only, um, like, you know, being jealous of what they have, and um, uh, if they might have like more money than you or something, in a bigger house or something, but when you have the fear of the Lord, then you uh, respect God so much that he'll bless you for that, that he might give you uh, that money or that house that you need. Right. You guys can go back to first 72. What you have, Christian? Uh, be grateful with what you have, because mm-hmm. if you walk with God, he's going to give you everything you need. Thank you. Yeah, guys, you guys hit it. You know what I'm saying? We shouldn't envy sinners. The freedom, the so-called fun, and all that kind of stuff. Guys, this is real life. This is where it hits home in our lives. Because listen, some people, maybe they knew God before and they walked away from him or they came to church and they walked away from that. Maybe they've never been in church a day in their life. They don't care about it. But guys, let's not lie. You see them. You see the social media posts, which you should probably avoid, by the way. That would help you, being honest. All right, but you see the girls they're with, you see the parties they went to, and some of it looks fun. Some of you are like, man, he gets to go with her, he gets to go with here, he gets to do that. Don't envy sinners. Yeah. Do not envy sinners. Because, like you said, we see the front side of it, you're not seeing the end result, you're not seeing where it leads to. But the last part of the verse is the key be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. You know what I'm saying? That needs to be my entire focus throughout my whole day. And what does it say? The verse, all the day long. That pretty much covers it, guys. All the day long. From the moment I wake up to the time I go to bed, I need to be focused. Lord, I want to please you. Hey, guys, that is so needed nowadays. All right, let me finish here. The supreme focus. In a lot of those verses we dealt with about Samuel, what is he doing? He's serving the Lord. He's serving the Lord. Guys, do you contribute to the service of God? Do you give out tracts? Do you pray for people? Do you, are you inviting people? Are you cleaning up? Are you helping out around here? That's the service of God. How did Samuel grow on? He cared about what God thought. He wanted him to be pleased. He was in his presence constantly, and he was serving him. And guys, every time you show up in his life, what does it say? Samuel grew, Samuel grew, Samuel grew. It's not talking about he got stronger. That young man is really growing. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about spiritually. Every time you would show up and see Samuel, he would be at a different level spiritually. Growing, growing, growing. Hey, guys, how about us? How about us? Bible says we should always abound in the work of the Lord. You say, no, I've reached my spiritual ceiling. I can't go any higher. 
Well, you need to break the roof and go through it. Always abound in the work of the Lord. Grow in grace, the Bible tells us. And one last thing I'll throw at you. How did he grow on? Remember where he came from? He separated from filthiness. His supreme focus was, God, I want to please you. Guys, is that our supreme focus? And then one last thing. This is point number four. Go into chapter three, verse number 19. Love this verse. You could preach weeks on this. You say, you're going to do it today. No, no, I won't do it. All right. Just to be nice to you. Chapter three, first Samuel three, 19. I'm going to throw a fancy word at you too. He was scripturally fastidious. What that means is he had attention to detail. He had attention to detail. Verse number 19, chapter three. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and he did let none of his words fall to the ground. He was scripturally fastidious. He had attention to detail. Guys, it says that Samuel grew. Again, how many times do I have to repeat this? Samuel grew, Samuel grew, Samuel grew. Hey, guys, when people show up to your life, hey, maybe maybe uh, around the, the conference times when you see the same group of people from different churches, they show up, and you haven't seen them in a year, do they see that you've grown in the past year? Mm. Spiritually. Spiritually, do they see that? Yeah, dude, I make a lot more money than I did last year. I was broke last year, but that's not what I'm talking about. Dude, I see you stepped up your game. You got some style now. You were looking shabby last year, but that's not what we're talking about. Are you growing spiritually? Do they see that your heart for God is growing as opposed to last year? He's growing, growing, growing. So he's ad his advancing is pronounced. Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. He had an accompanying presence. God, guys, we need God with us. You want to make it in a tough family life? Have God with you. you. Say, how do I do that? Meet with him every day. Make it a priority. Talk to him. Say, God, I need you. He'll be there with you. The Lord was with him. And here we go. He did let none of his words fall to the ground. The attentiveness was precise. Guys, what is that saying? God told Samuel his word, right? You know what it says? Samuel didn't let one word of that fall to the ground. Yeah. Guys, when we let something fall to the ground, we don't care about it. If I gave something precious to Wes, say, hey, can you hold on to this for me? I'll be back in a little while. Can you hold on to this for me? Here, man, I need you to take care of this for me. And as soon as I walk away, I turn around, George, and he's already dropped it. I'm going to be like, Wes was the wrong guy to pick. You already broke it three seconds late, right? He didn't let none of God's words fall to the ground. Hey, guys, how much have you been given? How much have you been taught? How much have you been trained? How much have you been instructed? Hey, guys, I've got a question for you. Have you let it fall to the ground? Mm -hmm. Aiden, all the stuff that's been poured into your life. You know, you know that phrase, uh, man, that guy just let it go in one ear and out the other. We do that a lot of times. We do that a lot of times. We hear what God has taught to us, and it just goes, goes over our head. Like, did you understand? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, you didn't. Right? You're letting it fall to the ground. Hey, guys. God has taught you to be holy. Have you let that fall to the ground? God has taught you to honor your parents. Have you let that fall to the ground? God has taught us to be soul winners. You say, I'm not the best. Neither am I. But have we let it fall to the ground? God says, Elias, I'm giving this to you. Tim, I'm giving this to you. I've, I've, I've trusted you. Like we talked about, he entrusted us with the gospel. He's handed it to you. Do you just say, Psst. God, that's fine, but I got my own life to worry about. Not a wise decision. Samuel did let none of his words fall to the ground. All right, guys, let's, let's wrap this up. How in the world did he grow on? We talked about the, the, the wickedness and the debauchery all around him, right? It was sick, sickening stuff. You noticed, I didn't even spend a lot of time explaining that stuff because I don't want to deal with it. It's nasty, horrific. What was around him? You know what? He grew on. How do you do that? How in the world is that possible? 
these things we talked about. He didn't forget where he came from. He's separated from that filthiness. Guys, it may be around you, but it doesn't, doesn't mean you have to be in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Man, these guys in my school, they talk dirty. Are you in the middle of it? Yeah. Do you laugh when they say it? Sometimes, I won't tell no dirty jokes. I won't do that, Bruce, but you'll laugh at them. Mm-hmm. Do you realize you're helping that? You're facilitating it? You're moving it along? Mm-hmm. He had a supreme focus. He cared about his relationship with God and... As far as the scriptures, he was attentive to detail. He did let none of God's words fall to the ground. Verse number 20, and all Israel from Dan even to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. You know what? It was very apparent that God's power was on him. Why? Because he didn't let one word that God gave to him fall to the ground. Have you let it happen? Have you let it fall to the ground in your life? God's taught you to be a pure young man. Have you let that fall to the ground? God's taught you to have a clean mind. Have you let that fall to the ground? And guys, I could go on and on and on and on and on and on. You say, please don't. I know. But guys, are we going to take all that God has invested in us and just let it drop? I got other things to worry about. No. We've got to worry about what God has taught to us that we live up to it. With his help, with his power, he'll give us the help that we need. But guys, even in the midst of just horrible circumstances... Anybody would understand this, Samuel to say, I just can't. It's too much pressure. It's too hard. I'm just going to give in. We would all say, yeah, I, I totally understand. You know one person who doesn't understand that kind of reasoning? God. Yeah. God's not okay with that. God says, you can grow on. Hey, guys, what is it? Tough family situation? School environment? Work environment? Neighborhood? Friends? Cousins? Whatever it may be. Hey, you fill in the blank. And I'm not saying that you go hang out with those things. I say you avoid those things. Yeah. But you say, I can't get away from all of it, Brother Tom. I get it. But you know what? You can grow on in the midst of that. Yeah. Why? Because you serve a God that last time I checked, he has all power. And he hadn't lost any bit of it. Guys, and he can help you with whatever the situation is. You say, my dad's not with us. You still have God with you. And I'm not, again, I'm not belittling making fun of your situation. You say, I go to a wicked high school, Brother Tom. It's hard. I know, but you still got a good God that goes with you. Don't forget that, guys. Stop looking around at the circumstances and making excuses. Start looking to your God and saying, you know what? You've given me the help that I need to continue on. Guys, let's grow on. Don't give in to the pressure around you and the excuses. Look to God and get all the encouragement that you need to continue on. Grow on, young man.